NBA draft is next week. We talked about Brandon Ingram yesterday, possibly becoming a Charlotte Hornet. We'll dive into that here in just a little bit. About how, actually, it might be Zion Williamson. Oh, just Zion. Just Zion. Zion might be on the trade block. We'll dive in that here in a little bit. But could you imagine going to the Spectrum? Uh-huh. Going to Spectrum Center, the Spectrum Center, Spectrum Arena? Spe- Spectrum uh, Arena? Yeah, Spectrum Arena down there in Charlotte. Yeah. Where the Hornets play. Where the Hornets play. People want to make some bets, some sports ways, or a sports book inside the arena, inside the Spectrum Center. Mobile betting, you could bet on those games. Well, guess what? That's something that you could do potentially starting January 8th. Well, at well, the earliest well. date, because today Governor Roy Cooper signed into law after it passed through the House, passed through the Senate, passed back through the House, legalized sports betting here in the state of North Carolina, whether it's through your phone, mobile sports betting, or you could also do it at a sports book at a venue, like potentially a PNC arena or at Spectrum at Bank of America Stadium. Potentially Wakebed Soccer Park exactly. is another place that where it could happen. There's up to eight potential venues here in the state of North Carolina where an actual physical sports book where you can walk in with just cash. You don't need these sports betting apps or anything like that. It's like, you know what? I got 10 bucks. I want to place money here at PNC Arena. Canes are playing that Sebastian Ajo will score the last goal of the game today. You could place a $10 bet on that if you wanted to or anything else for that matter. Why does this matter here in the state of North Carolina, Luis Fernandez? Well, Roy Cooper, today, when he signed this into law on sports waging, it's already happening here in the state of North Carolina, but this also is going to just provide a little bit more structure to what we already have. Now, let's let's face it. Sports wagering is already happening in our state. Surrounding states here and across the country are already taking advantage, and in fact, Today in Vermont, Governor Scott is signing similar legislation there. This legislation allows the state of North Carolina to regulate it Mm -hmm. and to put safeguards on it, as well as providing funding for helping people with problem gambling. There has been now and will continue to be a debate on how to invest the revenue that has been generated or that will be generated from this legislation. And there are some very good investments uh, for this bill. All right, so that's Governor Roy Cooper earlier today when he signed sports betting legal here in the state of North Carolina. Yeah, so people were betting through like offshore accounts and offshore sites and things along those lines is what they've been doing here in North Carolina, but none of that money actually stays here. And also there's some risk with those because, again, that stuff's not regulated here in the United States because, again, these are offshore sites that you're betting, so you're not sure if you actually are getting your money, if people are actually – these sites might be potentially like stealing your bank account information, your identity, those kinds of things. So there's risk when it comes with that. But here in the state of North Carolina, when we have 12 licenses – Again, we're talking the licensees being DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, Caesars, legit sports books here in the state in, in the in this country. You don't have to worry about those risks. Yeah, and the safeguards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefits of it as well. It's now it's the that tax money revenue. Uh, yeah, the money's not just leaving the state. Um, no, you know, just as an example, I mean, PBS put out a story at the beginning of May saying that Americans in the five years since the legalization of sports gambling have bet more than two hundred and twenty. 
billion dollars. That is a lot of money. And that's again, this is only about half the states now in the US actually having it legal since yes. then. So and and now you're in a position where North Carolina is getting getting into the mix in the middle of all 50 states in those mid 20s range. Uh, and now you have that that money that can stay within the state. Um, you know, like like Governor Cooper said, there's going to be a lot that still has to be figured out. Mm-hmm. We talked about the lottery commission having to set up what exactly everything looks like now. So what percentage is going to schools, what percentage is going to universities, all, all that kind of stuff. Where is that money going to? That's the next step. But for now, just just having this opportunity, I think it's it's a big. It's it's big for the the state. And now the question is like you mentioned, you can be betting on your phone, in your apps. You might be able to bet in person in some places. WRL sports investigator reporter Brian Murphy, a little bit more on what exactly that's going to look like. Yeah, so there are eight uh, venues across the uh, across the state that can hold these in-person sports books. Um, of course, you mentioned the Spectrum Center, PNC, Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary, um, two NASCAR tracks, two golf courses, and Bank of America Stadium. Okay. Um, and that's, that's what I've spent a lot of my time sort of in the last week kind of talking to these facilities about how quickly are you going to roll out a sponsor? How quickly are you going to start putting aside space? Like, you know, PNC Arena doesn't really have room for a sports book. Uh, we talked to Nigel Wheeler. He's the general counsel of the Hurricanes. And he said, we want to put in a world-class sports book that has great restaurant, great yeah. bar, great venue to, to place your, your wagers. That, that's going to take some time, right? The PNC Arena is not, not really equipped for that at the moment. Um, you know, we'll see how quickly these, the, they start partnering up with, with mobile operators. Sure. Um, they still need to wait for the Lottery Commission to, to probably put in some more rules about exactly what they can and cannot do. So that's where I've sort of turned my focus. I think those eight spots are going to be really interesting. Who, who do the Hurricanes partner with? Who do the Hornets partner with? And then how quickly uh, can they get a space, like a good space, not, not a temporary space, but how quickly can they get a real nice space that people want to go to up and running? Okay, a lot of layers here. Yeah, two, two, if we focus hyper-locally first here yeah. in Raleigh, uh, that's two locations within the triangle that are uh, have the potential to be sports books. PNC Arena and Wakeman Soccer Park. So, so those are two potential places. Yes. And so when you talk about like these sponsorships, these deals, so for example, a sports book at PNC Arena, we talked to Philip Isley of the Centennial Authority about a week and a half ago about the renovations and the ideas that they want to do both inside and outside of PNC Arena. This is where it all ties in together, folks. Mm-hmm. So... For example, DraftKings might want to be the sponsor of the sports book at PNC Arena. FanDuel also might put in a bid for that because, again, it's not just about what takes place there, but how often things take place there. Now, the what also does matter. For example, Bank of America Stadium, you're getting NFL games, which there's a lot of people want to bet on the NFL. Plus, you also get college football games in terms of you have the Duke's Mayo Classic uh-huh. and you also the Duke the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yes. So those are two college football games that take place there as well. So again, you're hitting multiple things. Plus, location matters too. Mm-hmm. Spectrum Center, Bank of America Stadium, right there in Charlotte. Charlotte Motor Speedway, just north of, of, of Uptown. Well, guess what? That's not far from South Carolina, so you get an influx of people from there. So does DraftKings, where do you want to put your money into? Or FanDuel, BetMGM, Caesars. These were the sports books that go into these different arenas. They want to sponsor these because they want their name. They want their products 
you know, plastered all over the arena. Exactly. That's what they want. So it's a sponsorship opportunity, which is also revenue generation. Revenue generation. For these teams and for these arenas, which Roy Cooper talked about how this legislation can benefit sports teams in the state of North Carolina. This legislation will help these professional teams to grow even more and to thrive and attracting more of them. We've still got some holes we need to fill in this professional sporting arena. It will also provide great paying jobs for our state. It will attract capital and help our economy grow. And it will benefit North Carolina taxpayers by giving them a portion of the earnings. So with that portion of the earnings Mm -hmm. perspective there, right, going back to this PBS article we talked about a little bit earlier, um, during that this five years of legalization, according to PBS, $3.6 billion uh, that has been generated is gone to sports betting taxes. So three billion of those dollars have gone to state and local governments. That's three billion dollars that, say, the state of North Carolina would not have had before. Um, you know, then five hundred seventy million have gone through federal and local governments. So there is there is a direct income, a direct flow of tax, that, a mm-hmm. flow of money that goes to these uh, states that get involved in this. And that's that's just on the very surface that's level. That's something very quantifiable. Then you look at how this could improve, say, Wake Med Soccer Park. And the, the the resources that are put into that, the way it grows within the community, all kinds of things like that. A lot of also underneath the surface things here too. U.S. Soccer is looking to make 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 Wake Med Soccer Park their home play, home base. So when the U.S. Women's National Team, the U.S. Men's National Teams comes for training camp, getting ready for a World Cup or Olympics, things along those lines, if they make if U.S. Soccer makes their headquarters in Cary at Wake Med. That's a big thing. And being able to have the money, the influx of cash to improve your facility is a major thing. This is what Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, who spoke to Adam Gold earlier this afternoon, discussed the plans to renovate PNC and Arena in order to put in a sports book. I think what would happen is there'd probably be some sort of temporary situation right in front there. And then um, there's so many people involved with the second part of that decision. Um, <laughs> but assuming everyone agreed. Um, I think where the box office is now, right? Which, as you know, box office don't really exist, don't <laughs> aren't needed anymore. So I think right in there, I think the way we're thinking about this is, you know, a pretty big space with you know huge screens and you know just we want to do it pretty big, and mm-hmm. that space is probably the biggest best location that anyone can think of, and it might even extend out a little, right, from where the building ends now. So if everything were to work and everyone were to agree, that would be a pretty good spot for it. Okay, here's why that makes perfect sense is because where the box office is at PNC Arena, the yeah. ticket office, again, no one really goes to the ticket office anymore because everything's done mobily. Uh-huh. Now, that's on the side of the arena that goes into the the plaza that's right directly across from Carter-Finley Stadium. There you so go. So if you can extend that into the plaza, you can really build up something. We actually talked to Philip Isley back on – uh, back about a week and a half ago, Brian Murphy and I did right here in studio, and he talked about PNC Arena being a community asset. We, we want a, a long-term lease extension for the for the the life of that building, which is going to be twenty to twenty-five years. Now, this entire enhancement project, again to tie everything together, 
we're looking to where this will be a community asset for the next 25 years. So at age 50, then the decision can be made, do we knock it down? Does it become you know a, a new arena? Where's Raleigh at that time? That's our intent, is we want enough enhancement to make sure that this building is a 50-year-old building and that this will be a, a good place for all of our tenants. And it's not just NC State. It's not just the Hurricanes. It's the folks that go to the Lizzo concert. So that's a big thing as well, is that the, we talked about that lease agreement. That's with the Carolina Hurricanes and PNC Arena, some of the Centennial Authority, Don Waddell, the president, GM, Tom Dundon. They're all trying to figure this out right now, that long-term lease extension. But if you add on to PNC Arena and they also the Carolina Hurricanes, if they get the development rights to continue to build, like whether it's hotels, restaurants, and such outside of PNC Arena, you have to use up some of that parking area. But we're talking about more entertainment, so for people that actually go to events at PNC Arena, whether it's games, concerts, graduations, whatever it might be, there's more to do there than just the actual game or event itself. Yeah. It, as, it, as much as it costs for tickets now and stuff nowadays, Lewis, I want to be able to get more for my buck. Exactly. And, and like like he was saying, it's you, you're growing that whole area. You're trying yes. to think not just in the, the current frame of mind for mm-hmm. PNC, but you're trying to think in the future what it can become and – creating a space where you can go have a sports book, creating a space where, like, Brian Murphy has referred to them as sports lounges where people can go, get some food, get a drink, like, do all that stuff, place their bets, watch games on TVs, things like that. It's it's the next step. And uh, it's today, all of this becoming legalized here in North Carolina is a huge step forward for the state. This is where it all ties together. The legalization of sports gambling, the opportunity to put a sports book inside PNC Arena, which would then lead to the potential of the renovations and and upgrades inside the arena to accommodate a sports book, but also, again, the fan experience and then the development outside of PNC Arena. All this stuff ties together. Simple as that. Roy Cooper signing the bill today to legalize sports gambling, that's just the first – that's just – that's just the next domino to fall. Yes. Now, the lease agreement, all those kinds of things. Again, all this kind of stuff ties together. <laughs> Big thing. Sebastian Ajo is in the final year of his contract. Luis Fernandez. I want that guy – I want that blank check in front of him. Be like, okay, how much you need for the next eight years? I know that's not really how this things work. But Tom Dundon talked about Sebastian Ajo being a priority. Look, of all the things you've asked me about, the one that I know gets done now is Ajo. Okay. Like he wants, he's, the, he's such a great kid. He wants to be here. We've been working on it. Um, you know, yeah, that one, that one I feel really good about. Um, better than all the other questions you've asked me, <laughs> I'll say that. All right, so Adam asked him about guys like yeah. you know, Brady Shea, uh, Brett Pesci, a lot of these guys with one, year's left, one year left on their contracts, free agents like Freddie Anderson, Auntie Ranta, but the big one, being Sebastian Ajo, that guy's a, a face of the franchise. Yes. He's a face of the franchise. You drive down 440 right by North Hills, and you just see a 50-foot-tall Sebastian Ajo plastered against the side of a building. He's one of the faces of this franchise, and he's a he's a core piece. Yeah. You and, can argue the core piece, him and him and Andrei Svechnikov. These guys are core pieces for your franchise, not just for what they do on the ice, but, again, 
they're the faces of your franchise. Yeah, and in some of it too, it's about the the kind of optics of it, right? Someone who has been here for a while, who's been young and continues to grow. You you want to maintain those players because it, it shows that you are willing to invest and commit into uh, players coming into the organization as a whole. Um, and you know that's it. Just makes sense. Why why put off for yeah. tomorrow, which you can get done today? Exactly. And there's a lot of contracts that are going to have to get done for the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. You, there's the potential for uh, some new pieces coming in this season, the season after that. So you want to get done what you can. So that way you can focus on the things that are a little bit more borderline, you know, the the individual free agent stuff, like what are you going to do with Jordan Stahl, people like that. Mm-hmm. Get something in, done with Sebastian Ajo now, and then you can go ahead and move on, have him locked up, you know, wipe your hands clean of it, not have to worry knowing you have one of your core pieces down. Now, something that can't be understated is that Sebastian Ajo's agent, if my understanding from correctly, is the same agent as, as Seth Jarvis. Mm. So if you're able to work in good faith with Ajo – that same agent, will you go back to work with Jarvis on his deal? Because he's actually eligible for a contract extension after the season. Now, he's going to be a restricted free agent, so different different type status, not an unrestricted free agent. So the Carolina Hurricanes still have his rights after this upcoming season, but he is eligible for a long-term extension, uh, is Seth Jarvis. You do a bridge deal, all that kind of stuff. But having good conversations and good faith with an agent can pay off in the long run. Are the Canes willing to make a bold move, Luis Fernandez? That's my big question. Is that something they're willing to do? Are they willing to trade a young core piece potentially? Not saying trade Ajo or Jarvis no, or Svechnikov. No. Not talking about. But do you take a guy like Martin Natchez, who has one year left on his deal and is going to be a restricted free agent, still young? Are you willing to move him as part of a package to maybe go get something bigger? We saw yesterday the rumors and reports when it comes to the NBA that North Carolina's own Brandon Ingram, who plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. Might be on the move because the New Orleans Pelicans really, really want Scoot Henderson. Oh yeah, who plays in the in the with the G League Ignite. Mm-hmm. Hornets pick number two. Victor Wembanyama's going number yeah. one, right? Boom, boom, he's done. Yeah. Okay. What if there's another New Orleans Pelicans star that might be on the move? Well, Brian Windhorst of ESPN said, Zion. Pelicans have had some cursory discussions from what I've been told. Mm -hmm. There haven't been any offers uh, made necessarily yet, but it makes you really not take too far of a leap to wonder if the, and the league is certainly wondering if the Pelicans are going to make for the first time truly Zion Williamson available ahead of next week's draft to get up to that level in the, in the top five, you'd have to consider a player of this caliber. Um, He's obviously had injury history, a little bit of off-season drama recently. Um, So I don't know if anything's going to truly develop there, but I think it's fair to say, based on my conversations, there's there's an eye being kept towards whether the Pelicans would make Zion Williamson available ahead of trying to get into that top, top end of the draft. Make the move. Wow. Make the move. Give up number two. And Terry Rozier. Even trade the rights to Miles Bridges and trade all of, like, trade your other first round pick this year as well. And twenty seven, I don't care, get them. Well, so this is get them. It, it's so interesting because get them. Yes, because when you think about it, Zion's stock it might be the lowest it's it's been uh, at this point. Yeah, which and he's because the potential obviously is is mm-hmm. through the roof when he's healthy. When we see him play, he has he has played in uh, less than well less than half of the games that he has oh, been yeah. eligible for. So there there is some of that is is the health, some of it is how the, organ, the organization has been very uh, uh cautious with Zion even when he is dealing with health type situations. Mm-hmm. Um you know obviously like 
Brian Winhorse mentioned, there's been some um, off-season drama with Zion, if you will. Well, there's that. It, yeah. There's there's that as well. So I think, yeah, I mean, if if it's one of those kind of betting on situations, because if Zion comes in and is healthy next year, there's no way you're going to be able to get him from the Pelicans. No. Like that's th- this would be the time to buy in on him. And and he's he was number one pick. He was this guy who's viewed as a generational talent mm-hmm. who you know has the opportunity to be a franchise game changer. And so if if they are that intent on getting Scoot Henderson. Yeah. It it might be a good time to to see what's going on. Yeah, I get the injury history and all that stuff, but a guy that's still young to a 22 going on 23, so he's still young. super young. And if you want to get Scoot Henderson, the only way that you can guarantee that is going up to number 2. Yes. Simple as that. Now I know Brandon Ingram his name was floated around as a potential trade as part of this as well, but if you're making Zion available, Oh yeah. I'm sorry, if you move up to number three, there's no guarantee that you can get Scoot Henderson because another team might trade up to Charlotte to number two to Charlotte, get him. Charlotte may decide to get him. Exactly, or Charlotte can take him yeah. if they really like him. That's probably the reason why we're here. Like, hey, you know, that, that Scoot oh, Henderson man. guy, really, really good. He, he had a great he had a great workout. Now, Brandon Miller worked out for the Charlotte Hornets uh, yesterday as well, but New Orleans picks at 14, mm-hmm. okay? I, I, I would go after Zion. As simple as that because, again, if he gets things right in terms of his health, okay? We've seen, for example, like Joel Embiid early in his career struggle with his health, but he turned things around, okay? I would take Zion. I would take Zion oh, yeah. with that number two. If, if he becomes available. Now, I know there's things like contracts and stuff you got to work out, other pieces, might get 13, whatever. If you could trade the number two pick for Zion Williamson, yeah. I'd do it well, over I, a Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Oh, yeah, and, and plus, too, it's like, Zion obviously has had some – there have been some issues over the, his first few seasons here with the Pelicans, but I, at some point it's kind of like, does he just need to change with scenery? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's what Charlotte can do. He'd be right near his hometown. He'd be you know a, fo- a few hours down the road from where he went to college at Duke. I don't know. It's If you can make it work, go make it work. Could you imagine the amount of just th- – the Zion jerseys? I'm buying a Zion Hornets jersey. If they trade for him, I'm buying a Zion Hornets jersey. Zion LaMelo. So, oh. 